I have some amazing news for my fans. Going forward, I've decided to invite guest speakers on my podcast to talk about various topics and help answer your skincare and beauty questions. I love talking to other professionals in the industry to stay up to date on the latest beauty news and skincare trends. One of the most popular questions I get asked is about how skincare and beauty products work. So I thought it would be beneficial to invite experts on the show who can help answer these questions. Today, I have a guest speaker who works at a popular skincare and beauty products retailer. She will join me to talk about what it's like working in the retail environment selling skincare and beauty products. She will share some great tips on how to sell skincare without being salesy. If you are working in the beauty industry or have thought about entering the industry and were wondering what it's like, you will find this episode really interesting. This interview is recorded over two episodes. In part one, we talk about what it's like and her experience working in the retail space. And in part two, we dig deeper into the topic of why people should use skincare products. We discuss some of the essentials of a good skincare routine and how to recommend products. I hope you find the stories we share interesting and fun. Welcome to the Skincare Teacher Beauty Tip Show brought to you by SkincareSchoolOnline.com. In this show, you will discover skincare and beauty tips that absolutely work. I'm Jana Elston, a qualified beauty therapist, skincare educator and blogger. And in this show, I will share my expert insights into the best beauty treatments that will transform your skin. Tune in each week to learn about how to look after your skin and manage skin conditions, including a sensitized skin, acne, aging, or pigmentation. Hello, everybody. I'm really excited to have my very first guest on my podcast, my daughter, Olivia Elston. We are like two peas in a pod, and we absolutely love skincare and beauty. And often we have conversations after work about our day, about the people we've met, about products we've we've recommended and questions we talk about. So it's it's been really fun. So everybody meet Olivia. Hi, Olivia. Hello. Nice to meet everyone. And thank you for having me on. Thank you for coming along. Olivia has been working several jobs since she, even before you finished school, really, you mm. went into retail uh, while you were in year 10. Well, I started at Macca's. Yes. So kind of hospitality, fast food really. That's right. And then you progress into retail and uh, now you work in um, skincare and beauty in the retail area, Mm -hmm. which is um, fantastic. And you also have your own podcast. Yes, I do. (laughs) It's called Heavenly Feminine. It's all about just femininity and really learning about yourself I love learning about other people I think I got it off of you we love to be active listeners but we also love to talk so sharing stories and connecting and festering with people is like such a passion of mine and I talk to so many people and go dude that's an awesome story like more people need to hear your story so I decided to create that platform to share that kind of like you <laughs> <laughs> thank you I've started a podcast and, and I've been writing blogs for years probably a decade now 
because I have a passion for teaching and educating. Mm. Whereas you come from a slightly different perspective. You love to share stories. And I think that's why I love listening to your podcast. And it is about real life stories, about what people experience and how they've overcome some of the real difficult things that they have gone through. And I would really encourage everybody to listen to Olivia's podcast. You will find it interesting and you will find it eye-opening in many cases and educational because you always finish off with your podcast with a takeaway, don't you? Yes, I do. I love that because some people have awesome like takeaways, like something that helps them get through life or Mm. has been something that like a hurdle they crossed over and it's something that just stands out for them. And I love that. I think it's so cool. Yes. Yeah. And the lessons people can learn from others who have gone through the thing. I, I yeah. suppose you interview people who have gone through something and then they're inspired to share their story mm-hmm. so that they can help others going through the same thing. Exactly. Because I even, I've talked to like artists and people who love music and for some of them, they don't really delve into uh, so much of a, as a difficulty in their life, but they just talk about their creations and their passions Mm. and the mission that they have Mm. and with you it's all about skincare and actually having that passion to empower women and men and everyone all of our non-binaries to (laughs) love their own skin and learn how to actually care for it. Mm. So I've brought you on the podcast today to talk about your experience in the beauty industry and the selling skincare and makeup and particularly in the retail environment which can be really fast-paced. So I will start off by asking you how long have you been interested in, in beauty and skincare? It's a really good question and funnily enough I did mention it in the episode we recorded together for my podcast which everyone you can go listen to that I kind of felt like I innately started loving it because I was growing up in this environment where both of my parents came from a skincare background and I was already learning about all of these things. The biggest part though would have had to be when I started to get, I guess, really conscious of myself. Mm. Um, When I was around the age of like 11, 12, 13, I'd started to get really cystic acne. I became very, very self-conscious of my skin and I was like, mum, help me. And that was really where it all began for skin in particular. But I will have to say, I didn't necessarily question anything I wasn't very inquisitive like you will say here take this product and you'll educate me about it but the only thing I'd remember is what I need to do and like how to use it I won't actually remember the benefits of it or what this product actually does I just remember you know oh use it in the shower or use it every night or whatever it is so it wasn't then again until I went on a trip to China for mm-hmm. a missions trip in school mm-hmm. and that was in I think 2018 or 17 one of those years mm. and over there all the girls were buying those like cheap dupe makeup like eyeshadow kits and stuff and I was like oh my god I want to get stuff like that so I started getting into the makeup area by then then I had um in year 10 I had to do work experience Um, And I was at a school doing bilingual teaching. So that's when you took me and got me color matched to a foundation so I could wear it for work. Um, Because again, I still had cystic acne and I needed to kind of cover up that redness and Mm. we're in that professional environment. Now, funnily enough, I'm working at Mecca. I think the youngest person I served regarding makeup or skincare 
was an eight-year-old and they said they saw, you know, to use an eyebrow gel to brush your eyebrows into place and look neater and, you know, to use um, a nice, like, wash. So there's, like, a specific wash that they really wanted um, to cleanse their face at night um, and in the morning. And, yeah, so – and I was, like, they're eight years old. Like, mm. like that is it, – it's it, it is crazy. So it does definitely go very young. And still, I get even – um, more mature people from when I say mature, I could say more in their twenties, mm. um, coming and they might go, I've saw this. Mm. I want to try it out. Some people have no idea what, um, it is, or they've never experienced like that type of skincare or makeup mm. before. Mm. Some people have tried so many mm. and they just want to try this new one. And then sometimes it's even people who might be like in their fifties or sixties coming in, um, looking for some guidance mm. because they always like to tell me, cause I'm, you know, I'm only not, uh, 20 years old myself. They always like to tell me, you know, back in my days, like we didn't have all of this and, you know, it's changed. So I just want some guidance to learn about what's new and what's good for me. Speaking of back in my days, <laughs> <laughs> as an eight-year-old, I I can't remember myself, any of my friends ever being interested in makeup, beauty. Mm. It, it was just an just wasn't on our radar. We wanted to play. We played outside. We want to be with friends. Um, beauty wasn't a big thing with us. Mm. Girls started to really think about makeup until they were maybe 14, 16, definitely. Yeah. I think I was 16 when I first started dabbling in makeup myself. So it's almost like the kids are influenced I think because mm. being on Instagram, being on mm-hmm. TikTok, you see makeup tutorials, you have all the influencers selling the amazing lifestyle that they have and everybody mm-hmm. wants a bit of that. Mm-hmm. So they feel like if they're going to use what they're using, then they might have a little bit of that lifestyle. Yeah, well, so, that's it. I'm trying always never look at it from a point of view where because sometimes I've come across people who are a bit more older than me and they can judge me for wanting those things and think I'm being materialistic or that I'm striving for things that are unrealistic and they'll put me down for that saying like you know like that's all fake you shouldn't be going for that like that's too much makeup or or this or that and they have a lot of like I don't know about hatred, but they have a lot of, yeah. And like distaste for it. And so whenever I see a young girl coming in, I just, the way I talk to them, I always try and make it sure that I'm speaking in a way that this is for you to make you feel good. Mm. It's not that you need it to elevate your appearance. You're a freaking eight year old, (laughs) but like, you know, if you want to brush your eyebrows into place, go ahead and brush your eyebrows into place. Like who am I to judge? Like Mm. if you're, aware of that and you wanted to do that that's okay but I just the only thing I have been scared if any of them are going oh I don't look like her Mm. is there something wrong with me Mm. that's what I'm always afraid about yes peer pressure Mm -hmm. and like you said your friends were shopping when you were in China so you want and I remember the makeup you came back back with and I go oh that's pretty and then and I was surprised because you were not into exactly that that sort of thing before you went so it's interesting how friends can influence you and you do tell me often that you know we've had a busy day and we're selling such and such product I go why is that product popular and you say well you know some influencer went out there and started talking about it and then we sold out and Oh my gosh, so the influencers yeah. have play a big part, don't they, in, in driving uh, those 
those people into to find those products in the store. A hundred percent. And honestly, it extends over this part of the retail industry. So in beauty, makeup, skincare, because I remember my previous job before Mecca was um, being a manager of an international candy store. Mm. When I say international, it was mainly just American candy because us in Australia don't really have access to it. And there would be one of the Kardashians. I think it was Kylie, but I don't know. One of them started eating these gummies. Um, it's called Nerd Gummy Clusters. You remember the nerds? Yes. Yeah, and so it was like basically like a gummy worm, and it's covered in nerd gummy, like the nerd. Yes. Anyways, and oh my god, as soon as like everyone saw her eating them everyone has to get them and because people know like there's a there's an international candy store local but I had people drive all the way I don't remember the suburb but like two hours two hours to get to my store and get the nerd gummy clusters and we would sell out of them just like that like it was absolutely insane so it definitely does it's just a thing influences influence (laughs) they do retail is such an interesting environment to work in i primarily deal with the beauty salons and spas where uh, people come in for treatments but they do retail as well yeah it's a different environment Mm. Uh, not so heavily influenced i suppose by influences so it's an interesting retail environment you're working in you get exposed to lots of product like i said i work in beauty sun spas generally they will be exposed to one product as as mm. in the people who work there they will need to well, know a brand really well maybe two maybe three some cases more but you have to know so many brands yeah. uh, how many brands do you think you would be in the retail space you work in oh my god i don't even know like a hundred <laughs> so like a lot like there's quite a lot and especially because depending on the mecca store you go to like if you go to the mecca in sydney on george george street it's what they call the mecca house and i think it's their only one so far that they've done and it's three levels of mecca so the bottom level is skincare the middle level is makeup and the top level is all fragrance and so if you imagine there Like, there's so many brands. And that's not even the end of it because there's online-only products as well. So, like, it it is endless. And starting off at Mecca, I had to just learn the basics. And now that I'm learning to specialize in skin, I've decided to pipeline to become a skin specialist. I'm undergoing training and stuff at the moment. I now have to learn way more about the skin... um, ranges in particular yes and their benefits and stuff and you know what ones do better yet so oh my god there's a lot (laughs) oh look i was really really surprised how much training is available to you uh a lot of it some of it is prerequisite you have to do it to to work and and a lot of it is free isn't it that you do it if you're interested so you've got the access to this training portal and the training I mean some of the questions that you come back to me and go you're learning about that (laughs) that's what beauty therapists learn about really impressed by the the training that they provide and then of course you've got access to all the different brands you work with that they provide training to 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 the people who work there as well so there must be a, a real challenge learning all the different products so if you have somebody come in and said i need something for my skin how do you choose from all the different 100 different brands yeah well honestly it does come from 
me learning through all of those courses that I'm given and through my peers from listening in or being actually told by like my manager like oh this is a good one or by another skincare specialist or something like that right but of course you will understand being in the industry yourself I've learned that if someone comes in and just says hey I need a moisturizer I need to become really investigative. Mm. I need to become, you know, the Sherlock and I just need to become curious. That's one of Mecca values that one of their C's in Mecca stands for curious and we want to be curious about the customer. So Mm. we need to say, okay, what does your skin routine look like at the moment? Do you have any skin sensitives? Do you have any allergies? What's your skin type? Like we have all of these questions because that is what helps me narrow down. Like at the moment, if you said you have like sensitive skin, sensitive skin typically also requires a bit more hydration mm. um, because the skin barrier is usually a bit depleted. Yeah. Um, but, you know, if there's someone who has really dehydrated skin, I have my go-to thing. Right. Anyways, I'm rambling on, but yeah, I have kind of my go-tos Go-to. for skin types and also skin concerns as right. well. Right. Yeah, so you just uh, basically uh, the takeaway here is, and, and I would like the beauty therapist to really listen to this, because uh, in, beauty therapists are sometimes reluctant to to recommend products because they don't mm. want to be salesy, right? Yeah. But I love what you said that you're inquisitive and inquiring mm. and uh, curious, right? Yeah. If you invest yourself in that client, if you're talking to the client, then you're asking them lots and lots of questions, yeah. right? And if you're asking them questions, when then the, you kind of start building rapport with a mm-hmm. client. You know, once you've asked your questions, you determine, you know, what it is that they possibly need. And then mm-hmm. you go to your go-to ranges, which you learned about. And here's another takeaway is you, you learned about not only through your training, but through talking to your colleagues. Yeah. Talking to other skin specialists, they came in asking, you know, about the sensitive skin. What do you normally recommend? Mm -hmm. So you're not only learning from training, but you're learning by talking to your colleagues as well. A lot of, um, a very common thing at Mecca is we like to ask each other our favorites, or maybe it's just an Olivia thing. I don't know. But like, I'll go up to like a random colleague, like if it's a quiet day and one of them's on pause. Um, so they're like at the cashier and I just see them and I'm walking past to go grab something. I'll go what's your favorite foundation? (laughs) And then, you know, I'll let them talk about it. And, you know, or I'll go, what's your favorite moisturizer? And people love to talk. And so I already get these things that are very like personal. um, And I'm learning about their skin type, their kind of skin history and what they find really works for them. So it's Mm. kind of like a a story of success, yes. you know, and I even love to talk like when I'm getting to know some customers, um, you know, they've tried products before. Like, let's say they have a really good cleanser that changed their life, but they're just looking for a new moisturizer. They'll talk to me about that cleanser. So again, in my mind, I'm starting to store that information right. away. And I love that you also did mention about building rapport with the customer because like I mentioned in the episode we recorded together Mm. about being transparent Mm. and I don't always know everything. Mm. So being able to like hear their story, ask all the questions I can get and realize, okay, I have an idea of something. I'm not too sure. I'm going to go ask a coworker. And sometimes what I can do is what we call shadow. Like Mm -hmm. if we're not too busy, um, if there's a skin specialist on board or whatnot, or someone who knows um, how to help, 
they'll come and I shadow them. So I watch them deal with the um, customer and walk through and I'll hear how they talk about what they recommend and I can take that on board. If it's too busy, I'll go serve another customer while they take on them. And then afterwards, like we go in the back room and they kind of update me on what they ended up recommending and why. And yeah. So it's constant learning really, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Just like you say, you're always learning in this business. It, It is definitely something where you're always learning. Yeah. Absolutely. It sounds like you really love what you do. Can you remember any particular examples of where you helped somebody and they were and, and made you feel really, really good at the end? Okay, I can think of one. There was a lady who came in and she had massive blue eyes, like really bright blue eyes. I just remember it was beautiful. And she's a mature lady as well. She came in with her daughter, who was also like a grown adult. Um, and they came in looking for a mascara. And the mom, she was saying that she always, her eyes are really sensitive. She says, I've tried so many mascaras and they just, they, they just don't work for me. Like my eyes get really irritated. And so she was specifically looking for just a nice mascara. Um, She was like, I'm not too concerned if it's more lengthening or voluminous. I just want something that works with my eyes. So I said, okay, I actually have never been asked that before. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to go talk to a coworker and I'm also going to jump on our website and look at what hypo, what's called hypoallergenic? Yes. Allergenic. Hypoallergenic, yeah. You said yeah. it the, right, oh, okay. the first time. Okay, cool. <laughs> it didn't feel right. Um, and I was looking up those, um, what mascaras we have in that category on our website to also back it up and just mm. to read through the ingredients, read through the comments. Mm. Um, so it did, this consult was a bit longer than usual because mm. I was doing all my research to make sure that I was recommending something that should work. And we came across one and um, she ended up trying that one out. And she decided, like, I told her all the benefits, what I've been told, how I think it's a good one for her. And she said, amazing, I'll take that one. Mm-hmm. She ended up coming back a couple times and she always came and found me. And that <laughs> ended up working. She said it's beautiful, it doesn't irritate her at all. And I ended up being able to recommend her a BB cream as well. Built up this rapport with her where we can just, she just comes back and she talks to me and I know her history already. Mm-hmm. So we kind of have a talk about how were the products before. And I, again, because I recommend that BB cream all the time, I like to tell people how much I love it. I'm like, but if for any reason it's not working for your skin, please let me know. Mm. Because I want to know like if this one didn't work for you and I want to find something that like, I want to find an alternative for Mm. people who find this product doesn't work for them because Mm. not everyone's the same. So that was a really big high for me because It was something that I honestly felt really nervous about at first, especially Mm. for someone who is like has quite sensitive Sensitive. eyes. I don't want to irritate them. I don't want to be the person to recommend something Mm. that will hurt them. So Mm. that was a really good one. Fabulous. You you do often come back with some fabulous stories, but sometimes uh, you come back with some some sad stories as well. So Mm. there are lots of perks and it's a, you know, you really enjoy what you do. But sometimes you come across a situation that makes you sad. Yeah. Makes you sad and makes you reflect on it. So I wanted to ask you, what are the some of the challenges or some of the situations you come across that you find challenging working in with people and in retail in general? Mm. I would say the most challenges that I've had do actually stem from skincare and they stem from not understanding why their skin, especially like on the face, is doing what it's doing. And um, there was one girl 
that I had, this was when I worked at the Parramatta store. And so it was a much bigger store. It was super busy. We had a wait list going. It was so busy. Eventually I um, was introduced to this girl and she looked maybe 11 or 12. And she had her brother with like a big brother, a big sister, a mum, a dad, a little brother. Like there was the whole family. <laughs> and already I was a bit intimidated, but they were saying, we just want to find her a foundation to cover up her pigment issues and she had really cystic acne and she was so young and I literally it was like a mirror because again I was there when I was her age Mm -hmm. and she didn't understand and the way her family was talking I don't know if it was culture wise um because they all spoke very loud and they ended up speaking in their native language to each other um when they weren't speaking directly to me but they were speaking very harshly and I got a foundation that I thought would work for her. But of course, if you have textured skin, foundation can't get rid of the texture. Hmm. You know, nothing can get rid of the texture except for actually treating it. And um, the family, the mum and the older sister in particular, turned to me and they started yelling at me. And I, like, at, at the time, I took it very to heart, but I think it was just a projection of confusion. Mm. Um, they started yelling at me saying, like, why are you doing this to her skin? Why does her skin look like that? Why are there bumps all over her face? Look, the bumps aren't there when you wipe it off. It's just red. But you put this on, you even out the skin tone, and now they have lumps and bumps everywhere. And the way they were talking was very, very negative. And like I said, very harsh and a bit and it's scary. It and was, it was in front of the little girl as well. Yeah, yeah, because she was standing there. I was the one putting mm. it on her face. Um, and, yeah, and they were just yelling. And she had her head hung low looking at the floor. And um, there was a time when I, I went to go get a different shade um, to try. Or I don't think it was – I think it was a different foundation. They got me to try two because, again, they thought it was the foundation creating the mm. texture. And so I got, I asked her to kind of come with me so I could talk to her about it. And her family were following, but I tried to like create a little bubble with us and just tell her, Mm. hey, I want to let you know that what's happening to your skin is unfortunately normal. Mm. Um, It is acne, like there's things you can do and there is texture and foundation won't take that away, Mm. but it is okay. Like you will, be, I, I have acne. Mm-hmm. I'm like, you may not be able to see it fully because I also have foundation on and a lot of my textures reduced, mm-hmm. but I've, I've literally been where you've been. Mm-hmm. And she just kept looking at the floor. I don't know if she did really hear me, if she was listening. I feel like mm-hmm. she was swimming in her own head with her mm-hmm. own thoughts. Um, but they ended up, I tried the second foundation and they ended up again, just yelling at me saying, nah, like what you're like ruining her face. And they stormed out of the store. Mm. And so that was a really hard one. And another one that I've heard from one of my co-workers um, was a boy who came in who I think they said he was around like 15 years old and had severe eczema, like really severe eczema over his body, over his face. And a mum dragged him in and found a skincare, skincare specialist and said, fix him what's wrong with him what's wrong with my little boy you need to fix him like there's something wrong with him and all they could do at that time they said like they they had to recommend them to go see a dermatologist a skin doctor Mm -hmm. um because they could only recommend them things that could maybe provide temporary relief yes but nothing that will heal and to try Mm -hmm. and tell him as well tell him there's nothing wrong with you yeah like 
there's nothing wrong with you. You have a skin condition. Mm. So those, I would say, would be the most disheartening stories. Um, And the main learning thing I've gotten out of it is just to learn how you speak in front of people with skin conditions. Mm. If you're concerned, you're going, huh, they have some bumps on their face Mm. or they have some red patches. And instead of say, what's wrong with you? Try and just reflect and say, okay, something obviously isn't right. Let's, you know, go hands in hands and and investigate together. But mm. like calmly, be, and, yeah, be and, kind and yeah. be kind and and think about what you're saying. Yeah, and the hurtful things that I know it's it comes from a place of frustration probably, and they mm-hmm. really love and care the child, but and then they're not consciously aware of the words they're using that how how it could impact. Mm. on the self-esteem yeah you've gone through as you said through acne and Mm. I remember as a mum and as a beauty therapist you know we went through such a journey trying to help you and and it was frustrating for me because you know we get somewhere then it'll come back then we get somewhere then it'll come back Mm -hmm. I tried to be mindful to to keep your positivity up Mm -hmm. and to keep your confidence up you know and Um, it, it, it is hard, but I suppose the takeaway is, yes, just be careful how you speak around mm-hmm. people with skin conditions because they already feel terrible about it. Like they anyway, already know that they, they have They already skin know. Condition. Nobody else needs to tell. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And, and it is true because I remember there was a significant role model in my life who, especially again, at that really young age when I had acne and it kept getting worse and worse. And they would come and they'd grab my chin and they'd say, what are you doing? What are you doing to your face? Because they started blaming that it was the food I ate and stuff. And that's when I did end up cutting back on like gluten and lactose. And that's a whole other story. But they kind of shamed me for having a juice box for lunch at school Mm. when I was a kid. Mm. I just wanted a juice box. Or for having like whatever it may be they just started saying it's your fault and so then I felt like even when I'd gone into the stage of doing everything I can to fix my skin and it wasn't working I still felt like it was my fault Mm. and I just don't think anyone deserves that because of course there's nothing there's nothing you're doing (laughs) yeah yeah in in a lot of cases it is internal particularly where acne and eczema it's an they are internal inflammatory skin conditions Mm -hmm really do require some extra help by specialists in dermatologists, naturopaths, um, dietitians, Mm -hmm. because it is, it is something that's coming from, from inside. We can, we can certainly help, like you said, relieve the condition on the top and, and Mm -hmm. help promote healing of the skin. But if that inflammation keeps coming in uh, from the inside, it's like fighting a never ending, you know, fire, really the fire keeps just there there are challenges and, and i think in any retail situation you you have the the good times and then you have the challenging customers okay. even when you were working donald's and at um, the um, lollies shop as well yeah. you used to come home with stories about some you know rude customers and people yelling at mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. and and i just can't understand that it, I, I can't understand how people can be mean to others you know mm-hmm. Uh, especially when you don't know them, you're out in the public. Uh, yeah, it's yeah. it's yeah. So be kind, people. <laughs> be kind to these people because they they you know they're just doing a job really. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
So you had a question for me. Was it last week, the week before? Mm-hmm. You asked me a question when you came home from work and then we ended up having a, a really lengthy discussion and then I said, oh, you know what, this would make such a fantastic topic for a podcast. So tell the listeners, what was your question? What did you come across that really stumped you? Mm. So the question was, what's the point of skincare? Why do you do skincare? And a little backstory to it was I had a university friend. Um, I took them to Mecca to help them do a foundation match and get a little tester pot because we had a theatre production coming up and they didn't have any... They, they they said they've never delved into makeup or skincare, nothing like that. Like, it's just not something of um, importance to them or mm. of interest. And... So as we were like talking while I was doing her foundation, um, getting the match, she, I, I told her how I was uh, becoming a skin specialist and mm. delving into that and loving it. And then that's when she asked me, she just went, so can I ask you, what is the point of doing your skincare routine? Like of having skincare, what's the point of cleansing and moisturizing and sunscreen. And I went, hmm. (laughs) I was like, I don't know how to answer that. Because to me, like, if you were to ask me, is it important to do your skincare? I would say undoubtedly, yes. But when it comes to why, I would say, I actually don't really know. So I came and asked you, I'm like, how would you respond to that? Because I started stuttering to her being like, just because it's good to look after your skin. Like, and I felt like such a doof. Um, so yeah, I wanted to know why, why, why do skincare, mum? Thank you for listening. If you found this information valuable, please share this podcast with your friends and family and spread the word. In this interview, we covered several topics, including what it's like working in the retail environment and dealing with people with skincare concerns. There were some great takeaways in this episode, and I have taken the notes for you. See my blog. Visit my website at yanaelston.com to learn more. And if you want to receive an email when the episodes are available for download, sign up for my newsletter on my website. In part two, we go deeper into the topic of why people should use skincare products. We discuss some of the essentials of a good skincare routine and how to take care of your skin, along with sharing some great tips. I look forward to bringing this episode to you in a few weeks. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast or follow me on Instagram at Yana Elston to be notified when the episode is released. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast and tune in each week for the latest beauty news and trends. If you have any comments or questions, you can connect with me on my Facebook group, Skincare Teacher Beauty Tips. You will find a link in my show notes. Until next time, have a beautiful week.